Hello there, and welcome to the next episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host again today, Rich Polly, mixing it up with next and later, why not? Uh, or later, Stephen, why not? Um, joining me today, if he was an illicit, his cybernetics would not be contraband. It's Liam Baker. Hello, I don't understand. No, me either, but I just thought I would say it. Um, and also joining us today, <laughs> his transponder codes are not false. It's producer Tim. Just make sure you flip your charge so you preserve the game state. <laughs> yes, also, also, Tim is currently doing the internet equivalent of stomping around with a, a high-vis vest and a whistle. Um, he's got the XTC judge um, thing now, which is the corporate equivalent of being made a fire marshal. Yeah. So lots of people refusing to finish pooping before they'll go downstairs. I'd, I'd rather burn to death than try and nip off this turtle's head kind of conversations. So. <laughs> Oh, real events may have happened. <laughs> when I was a fire marshal at work, genuinely, I had to batter on the door and some bloke was just in there plaintively wailing, I've just sat down. I can't stop it coming now. It's just like, right. I'm pretty sure it's a drill. You're not going to burn to death. <laughs> but hurry up. At least that's the uh, the, sta- the statement <laughs> you gave in the health and safety hearing and uh, oh, subsequent yeah. lawsuit after the... Uh... Yeah, exactly. After he burned to death. Yeah. <laughs> that was fine. Um, so there's been a bunch of um, store championships over the course of the last couple of days. So as usual, we're going to trot through them. But um, with the meta not changing significantly, there haven't been any um, astonishing... Uh, lists that have won stuff that we we wouldn't have expected so we're just going to canter through very quickly um and talk about those we're going to chat a little bit about xtc and we're going to talk about the sith taker squadrons event that that happened at the weekend so um i guess we'll start with the store championships just to get it over and done with um because we realized that it did does take up quite a bit of time if we dig into them too much. So uh, first one I'm going to talk about is Austin 2023 Store Championships at the Dragon's Lair in Texas. It was won by somebody who Roll Better calls Chung Chung, fine first order. Um, and it looks like four... Uh, oh, it's uh, it's Fun Police. So it's Von Reg, Hollow, Kylo and Wrath um, in Whispers. Um, so two Interceptors, two Whispers, very AC list. And, you know, Crispy's done well with that. So uh, well done to Chung Chung. Um, he beat out in second place. A vaguely interesting gauntlet to Jedi in his Z95 list. So it's uh, got Bo-Katan, um, Anakin, Mace, and Slider. So a um, bit of an interesting one um, that managed to go through uh, the day with only one draw. Um, so uh, next one we're going to go on to um, is the... Uh, Oh, what's this one? Dungeon Cat Gaming X-Wing Store Championship in Central North America in Illinois. Um, it was won by Dr. Jawa flying a Resistance 5 ship with uh, Chewbacca, Falcon, uh, Eloasti, BB-8, Tim and Wexley, and Zori Bliss. So a uh, little bit of a get-a-cheaper-Falcon upgrade your three-pointer that you need to take if you're taking poor Ray to another four-pointer. Um, so, not bad. Not bad. Decent list. Um, we've got the Portland Game Store X-Wing Store Championship that was won by The Grodon. Um, friend of the podcast, Joe Churchman, came fourth. Um, Obi-Wan, who's a regular of the Sith Taker Squadron, uh, sorry, Sith Taker Online scene, um, came second with his uh, in fact, I think he 
came first in Swiss and then lost out in cut. Um, and he has two arcs, two Jedi. So, but yeah, the Grodon one with five T70s. Um, so fairly straight up the line. Um, list of Elo Jess, Vanessa Doza, J- Nimi Turin, and Temin with shield upgrades everywhere, basically. Um, crack shots and things like not leaning into the single modded attacks, basically, with a lot of them rather than trying to leverage double mods. Um, right. Is that all of the. Is that the store championships? Ah, uh, okay. The one that we are going to talk a little bit more about because it's a UK based one, and that's where most of our listeners are based, was the Firestorm Games one in Newport. Uh, so, for anybody who doesn't know, this is one of the quirkier stores in the United Kingdom. So, it's in a it's in a mall, like it's in a it's in a Tesco supermarket. So it's like for American listeners, it's the equivalent of being in a Walmart in one of the units that's kind of behind where the cash registers are. So like in Walmart where you have like a subway or like an opticians or a pharmacy or something kind of on the back wall. Um they've got a game store in a Tesco supermarket there. Um and it's not got any table space inside. So when they're running tournaments, they kind of put rows of tables kind of out front, like deep enough to have two or three games on each row out the front of the store. Um, so you get kind of eight eight or 10 tables. You get kind of 16 to 20 players. Um, and people are walking past on a Saturday afternoon with trolleys full of shopping, looking at the game and having a, having a bit of a question of wonder what's going on. So um, anyway... Little gentle aside, uh, it was won by uh, Dylan Jones, um, who has been on the podcast in the past, talking about his blog and the Welsh Open and all of that good stuff. So um, good to see um, Dylan bringing home a win. He's used Resistance, he's used Zori Bliss, Elo Asti, Tim and Wexley, Jess Pava and Ludo. Uh, so an A-Wing, three T-70s and a Y-Wing. Um, so it's a list that we've seen uh, starting to crop up. I know Dom Flanagan used it. I know Nick um, used it as well, two lads from Farcast Focus. Um, and I've got good results with it. And it's one of our very close to, if not exact copy of one of the Ireland XTC lists, our resistance list that Nick's flying. So, um, yeah, good list. Um I mean, there was a bunch of other people went three and one who we regularly mention. Um, so um, I'm sorry, we're not going to mention you all again. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, the the meta in these store championships is very much kind of where we've seen stuff landing at the moment. There's a lot of falcons um, across resistance and republic uh, between Ray and Poe and Han, um, and then you've got your Imperials kind of scattered about. And then in the US ones, a whole bunch of republic, and in the British ones not so much Republic, but the occasional dot of First Order. Um, sad face, I'm not even going to talk about the highest finishing Scum and Villainy player because it was one and three, um, and it was Pond. So he's done better than that. He must have had a bad day. Right. Anything jump out at you from any of those things, Liam? Uh, no, it looks a bit meh, to be honest. We're not seeing anything inspiring list building-wise. But we... The point's been out for a while, I guess. Yeah. And it's just, we've just seen so much um, resistance rebels and Imperials. So I think every every faction has something. It's just taken a little bit of time for Sis and Scum to find their thing. The problem that they've got is that their thing doesn't have great game into other factions' things. Like, but it's still decent. 
but like yeah the innovation's fairly low like there's been a little bit of innovation is happening but it tends to be within a structure like trading one three piece ship out for another three like three ship or like one four for another four or taking two fours and splitting them down into a, a five and a three um like but you're still ultimately within the same archetype of you know i mean it's weird like saying hand look plus hand look plus eight other points and what you spend those eight points on seems to be mostly irrelevant question mark i'm not sure yeah i don't know it's just boring looking at a thing and you see like we're gonna see how many falcons we'll see a splash of imperial bombers it's just not inspiring. I mean, so like, we'll move on to the next games that we're going to talk about. Tim, unless there's anything that in those store championship rundown that you want to no, quickly no. talk about. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of Worlds Open qualifiers that happened. So there were two. One happened in St. Laurent, which is in Montreal, in Quebec, in Canada. And one is in New Zealand, Um so it was in Auckland, um, at the Auckland Showgrounds. I can tell you the address because it's just there on Rule Better, weirdly. Um, so, um, so we'll start off with the St. Lauren Open um, X-Wing World Qualifier. It was won by um, Cam Murray. So Cam is the captain of Team Canada and somebody that you guys have hung about with at Worlds before. Um, and we kind of chat to a little bit online. Um, he's won with what is by now like one of the kind of locked in Han lists. Um, so he's got Han with Trickshot. So he's, he's opted that way. Uh, Luke Skywalker, Battle of Yavin, Hall Okand, Battle of Yavin, Keo Venzi with Vectored Cannons, Concussion Missiles, Lone Wolf, and Sabine with Beskar. Um, he's gone, I think, undefeated over the course of uh, five rounds of Swiss on day one and three rounds of cut on day two. Um, beating out uh, Brendan Osmond-Damon on final table. Uh, so Brendo was using um, four T-70s and a Y-Wing. So that'll have been um, the pretty standard. Oh, no, no, no. He's mixed it up a bit. He's mixed it up a bit. So he's got Jess Parva, uh, Temin Wexley, um, Eloasti, and Kare Kun, um, with the old blue ace with the 90-degree boosts, um, and a whole bunch of heavy laser cannons. Um, with Zori Bliss as well. So he's got three heavy laser cannons on his T-70s, um, apart from Jess Parva. Um, and, uh, yeah, re-rolls from various different places. And, yeah, it's good. Lots of big punchy stuff. You landed those bullseyes, you'll know about it. Um, so, like, looking down the rest of the lists, like, so the top four is Rebel Resistance, Rebel Resistance. Then you've got First Order, then you've got three Rebels. But in those five Rebel lists, two of them don't have Han at all. They've actually leaned into Fangs instead. So it'll be Bodica Fen. Um, yeah. Like, playing it up a bit differently, which is a bit more interesting to me. Um, and it's kind of the thing that when I, we did the element store championship it was kind of similar to the thing that i brought um it's a decent archetype but i just think it struggles into han um because it can't fire it um i mean yeah this is the this is an example of the top end of a meta the kind of thing that we're seeing around the uk at the moment um 
There's a lot of fixed arc ships. You know, all of this that I say in the past as well is that there's as much Han plus other stuff in the bottom half as there is in the top half. Maybe not as much in the bottom half, but there is some in the bottom half. There's some resistance joisty stuff in the bottom half. So all of these lists, as much as they give you a crutch, um, if you can't do your basic rule of 11 and you can't engineer your basic like engagements and think about your win conditions and play your objectives, then you're not going to just shove the ships on the board and, and win the games. We're not talking about version 1 Fenrau. Um, or ghost fan lists, where literally you you didn't have to play the game. You you won by not playing. Um, you do still have to execute, um, and a lot of people are going to events with a plan for Han now. So if you're opting to play Han, you need to be aware of that. Um, that said, Cam Murray is a very, very, very good player. I don't know how well he's done at Worlds, but I think he's been sniffing around the top. You know, he didn't make cut this time around, did he? But he was close. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I, <clears throat> I think he just missed out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like one of the world's best players, um, using a very very strong list. So, um, yeah. I mean, is there anything scrolling down that list that kind of jumps out at you guys, other than the fact that there's actually a Sis player at fourteenth? Uh, I like the person in ninth's name. Octopus crime. Yeah. <laughs> it's solid. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to scroll down and look for the top finishing scum player, but out of 44 players, the they, they, the two scum players finished 41st and 43rd. Um, so not, not a great showing for the bounty hunters of the galaxy at this event. Um, and yeah, the top finishing CIS player, as I said, came in 14th, which was Snoop Hogg. Um, I'm actually appreciating a lot of the nicknames on this list. It's um, good for the old puns. Um, Darth Maul and an Infiltrator, two Magna Guard Protectors, DIS-347 and DFS-081. Uh, so, bit of an interesting, bit of a different list. Um, be interesting yeah. to know if they... Because we, we did sort of back-end of FFG events. We were getting, like, um, top-in-faction prizes, like, you know, yeah. the top-faction or, or the top-four, top-eight, that sort of thing. If that would encourage a bit more list diversity as well. Um, yeah. Cause then it did, yeah. it did, didn't it? Like, but, back at back at the day, in the day, it did, because people were like, well, I don't think I'm going to win the event, so I'm going to bring First Order, or I'm going to bring Resistance, because then I might win a damage deck, or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily say that for those factions at the moment, but yeah, you'd yeah, perhaps you would see more scum and CIS players if there were, you know, you know, I don't know, damage decks, uh what was it? There was, there was a template tray, I think, at Worlds maybe. There was range range rulers as well at one point, like the top to best in faction got a range got a range ruler set with a faction on it and I think top four in faction got the damage decks and Top eight got something, and top sixteen got a card. Yeah, um, I, th I yeah. think that's probably the best way to try and encourage a bit more list diversity. Yeah, um, yeah, because well, I mean that is the only thing, and, and unless yeah, you muck around with qualification of top cuts, but I, I think the best way is just prizes. Um, so yeah, ho I mean, we, that, yeah, hopefully they can perhaps think about that. Yeah, we we did it. We do it at the STO, and I don't know if the best in faction prizes 
encourage people to fly outside of faction because you know they're not they're not insanely incredible things, but they're you know if you finish best in faction and there's only one of you flying separatists and you come third from last, it doesn't matter. You'll still win the best separatist player. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know fly what you love sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's um, great player using a great list has won a big event. So. Who's who's surprised? Well done, Cam. Um, so we'll move on to New Zealand, and it's a little bit of a of a different one actually, the New Zealand one, because um, so other than the fact that there's some lists not in, they played four rounds, and it was won by um, one of the guys called he's called Running Target, um, and I've played against him relatively recently um, in I think it was in NCX or something. He's a very very proficient player. Um, so he's used um, rebels. Um, oh, hang on a minute, I'm getting confused here. Oh, I know. I don't think he did win. Oh, he might have done. Oh, I'm confused now. It says he, uh, so, yeah, it says he went three wins, one draw. one draw. Yeah, which would mean that he sh- he does win, but I don't know if he's if they've done a top four or something that's just not listed. Here, because I got informed that this was won by a, a weird janky um, resistance list that had Paul Falcon with Hondo Anaka, not yeah Hondo Anaka on it. Um, well, if that's the case, so, that will be the the missing list in number two. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. the, the other three lists in the top four are all rebels. Are <laughs> all rebels, yeah. But only two of them have got a hand. One of them has got a sheathapede. Um, got AP five, which is nice to see. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. Um, AP5 with Tristan Wren and uh, targeting computer and um, yeah what does AP5 need a targeting computer doesn't need to roll two crits out of hand every time <laughs> yeah but you know it's uh, it's a, it's one point and he's got nothing else to spend it on so he might as well um, and he only rolls two crits out of hand when it's soon tier foul range three obstructed by a rock um that, that, that's oh, okay. when he rolls two crits out of hand. So he's got a targeting computer for those other um, other interactions. Um, I mean, like that's just, I mean, there's some slightly more interesting lists um, here. Um, New Zealand and kind of Australia has always got a bit of a, a more interesting or different. It was very AC meta in the past, but you know, for all the lists that you look down, where you go, oh, that's something a bit different. That's something a bit different. You know, there's um, there's as many. You know, Lucan plus. Um, there's another. There's actually two people with AP five here. Um, he's got Luke Lucan Wedge in the uh, in the T sixty five with plasma torps, and then AP five as well. So Wedge is getting a double modded plasma to be followed up by Han and Luke shooting. So um, that's a bit of a rude murder list. So there's some inter- there's some interesting kind of unique stuff. Um, and then there's you know a lot of people flying a couple of arcs, Padme, a couple of Jedi. Um, and I know there's a lot of Han here, a lot of Han. Um, just quick shout out for the top scum player who's got um, Tel Trevura. Again, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Um, with Cutthroat. Does that allow Tel Trevura to come back to life twice? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it, well, not. not... Uh, yeah, I think so. So he dies, flips his charge, then comes back, and then if you kill anything else other than him, he can flip his charge back. No, because cutthroat is a talent thing that lets you get back, isn't it? It's an upgrade no. charge. It's 
Is it just any non-recurring charge? I think so. Oh, we're going to have to go and look at the card. Just doing it now. Bear with me. Throat. It's an elusive. One on your ship card or one of your equipped upgrade cards. So it's a ship card. Which is Teltavera's ability. Yeah. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, so cutthroat. After another friendly ship at range 0-3 is destroyed, if that ship is limited or has the cutthroat upgrade, you may remove one of your orange or red tokens or recover one non-reoccurring charge on oh, your ship. Oh, it doesn't even have to be somebody else. He can just do it himself. So he no, gets another, destroyed. He spends his charge. Another, another friendly ship. Oh, another friendly, yeah, yeah so, zero yeah, to three. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he's he's just not infinite Teltavera. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and his his pilot ability is uh, if you would be destroyed, you may spend one charge. If you do, discard all your damage cards, suffer five damage, and place yourself in reserve at the start of the next panning phase. Um, yeah. 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 So you'd come yeah. back. You'd come back on with a on one hole with one spent charge. And then, assuming something could die nearby, you could regenerate his ability. Yeah. Yeah, nice bit of jank. I approve. So do you take Bosk in a headhunter, uh, and then you fly him over a rock to, uh, <laughs> to allow Tel to <laughs> regen again? Yeah, my goodness me. Well, I mean, he's, uh, he's what is Tel? Is he six points? Mm, yep, six. Wow. That's a, well, you used that's to take, a lot of points. You, you used to take him with a hull upgrade, didn't you? Because then you'd come back on two hull. Um, yeah. That's obviously on the ban list. Sad. Um, cool. I mean, yeah. So, like, some more interesting um, lists kind of floating about there. Um, I didn't even finish running through that one. It's uh, it's Teltravera. It's Lando Calrissian in, in the Scum Falcon, Cad Bane, um, Arliz Hadrassian, who's the um, uh, Y-Wing, Y-wing. that does things with focuses um, with just thread tracers and thermal detonators. He's just there to, to pass locks out. Um, and then, yeah, Boosk uh, for two points in the dead man switch carrying Z95. Um, there to either do absolutely nothing or murder tons of ships, depending on what happens with his dice. Because um, Z95s are a bit binary like that. So, uh, so well done to whoever won the event. I have no idea. I think it was Lamb CV, but it might have been Running Target. It might have been Paul Johnson, or it might have been Bardrill. But they were the four players who went three and one. Uh, well, who got three wins, and so would have been playing into the cut. Um, bit of a Shark Tank this one, to be honest with. You. There's a lot of names on there that I recognise, um, including um, going a big bit of a shout out to Big Onge who um, chats to us um, online. Um, lovely to lovely lovely lad captain of team new zealand uh on xdc this year um so he did uh he did a 2-2 day with um with first order so uh right so we've talked about those two um i mean like it does feel like we really like i don't know do you think we're going to get a points change between now and Worlds in March? Five months. I mean, this, should, this should be really, because I mean, when was the last one? It was after Worlds, wasn't it? Hello? 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 Uh, yeah, Tim, Tim, you disappeared. 
I disappeared. Okay. You yeah. did for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, you said it should be really. Yeah. Okay. I'll start again. Um, yeah, it should be really. Like, you know, the last points update was not long after Worlds, and I think that'd be. To go into the next world without a points update would be pretty poor. So it's been seven months. They've always said that they're not going to give us regular and in inverted commas. Like, we can't expect them every six months. Um, but when would they launch? When would they hit, hit us with new points? Um, Week before the like, STO, because they'll be buggers. <laughs> I mean, that would be an interesting thing. I don't um, think they would, though, because, well, I mean, so you got LVO, haven't you, end of January. Um, so that would, and that would be the end of the competitive season, as they call it, would be the 31st of January. Um, so potentially you could get something shortly after them, but realistically to, for the, for the people going to worlds, you know, you'd need it fairly soon because you don't want to be dropping it like a week or two before worlds because that will just taste quite sour. It's it's amazing chaos though. No, no, worlds would be amazing. It is amazing chaos, but equally, there you know there are people out there that will that that need that sort of not so much confidence, but that comfort of of a list. And they're, it, they're not very far out there. There's one sitting right here, yeah. getting anxiety about the thought of knowing what happened before UK Games Expo and my brain just exploding and me feeling miserably in a fit of trying to be clever. I I I'd quite like at least three months of watching people playing games and picking up ideas and, you know, December's coming to prob- a conclusion. December's a pretty decent time. Like, maybe after the um, American holiday season, Thanksgiving, stuff like that, you know, perhaps we'd you know, get something which then, you know, leads us into, you know, sort of January, February is, you know, your last chance events, you know, with new yeah. points. And- it's not far away, though, that, is it? Because Thanksgiving's November, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean I'm, that's what I'm saying. December, so like we're talking, you know, you'd expect in six to eight weeks. Um, like, I would have expected it to come last month or the months before if it was going to happen. And I just don't think that there's perceived to be a points problem. And I don't know what the I don't know like if play testers are testing new stuff or if they're testing new points cycles or if they're not doing anything at all at the moment. Like normally, when there's new point cycles, you start to hear rumors and rumbling, um, like because people start being indiscreet about their NDAs. Um, and but like you don't know anything; you just hear like rumors um, that something's happening, stuff is going to change, and there's been nothing like over the last couple of months. There's just not been any kind of like oh, I've, I've found out that something's going to know nudge nudge wink wink don't tell you i told you kind of conversations just haven't happened Mm. um which normally by this point you know you've started to hear rumors of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend who knows somebody whose hairdresser looks after a player tester um or something um and it's like yeah i mean i i have a i have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna have these points for worlds i just have this feeling in my water that things aren't going to change because I don't think they'll change them unless there's another release. They haven't trailered another release since Adepticon. They've said they're not going to make any more announcements until Adepticon on the future of the game um, or the roadmap for the game. 
until Adepticon, which is when Worlds is. Um, I think they're just going to let this set of points fly for a year. Um, which would kill it for me because I can't keep going to tournaments and seeing this like the same three, four lists over I mean, and over. It, it, it will make for a purist world, right? Because you know what the best list is in each faction or the best set of archetypes are in each faction. And you've had time to practice your game against each of those archetypes, which means that you're going into a tournament knowing what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what lists you're good against, what lists you're bad against, what matchups you want, what matchups you don't want, and tactics to help you get past bad matchups and all this kind of stuff. And it becomes a purest version of who is the player who can play in that completely prepared event and scenario the best. Like the other end is they drop in a short notice, points change just close to world, and you find out who the best list builders are. Um, you know, if you're a decent player but a really good list builder, you'll find something and you'll take, take it in. Um, as opposed to, you know, if they let the, the points run for a year, you just get the who's who's the best ex. Like it's almost purist, isn't it? It's like going into a chess tournament. You know who the best chess player is at the end because the rules of chess haven't changed for hundreds of years. Um, you know, you, you can't so list build. My argument with the chess thing is, although there are similarities. Everyone has the same pieces. So it is straight up mirror matches over and over and over. That is the game of chess. But in X-Wing, we're supposed to have this variety. We have seven different factions. And me turning up to an event and seeing four factions, all of which have the same components, the last faction of that type are played. I don't know. Like When I go to a tournament, I like to see fun and interesting things. Yeah. Like, I had a whale of a time at the STA. I took Tri Fighters, and people were surprised to see Tri Fighters on a board, let alone doing well. And that was fun for me. And I think it was nice for my opponents to see a ship that people didn't really see. But I don't think I could go to a big tournament and just see five different lists. It would absolutely kill the game for me because I think one of the best things about this game is that we have options for this variety. And although, yes, every meta, the cream rises to the top, I don't think we've got the variety. And yeah, it's, it's, it is killing my enjoyment a bit. Just going right then, I'm playing in a tournament. What am I facing? Han. Cool. cool I mean, cool. cool. There's a there's an option here, isn't there? That we do a community-driven points set. Um, the 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 thing is, like, you know, you could say we're going to run an event and we're going to use our points, which are on this PDF. And what we've done is we've dropped hands load out, we've fiddled around with a few other things that we think are generating kind of solved meta lists in each faction. Um, so we've we've gone across the board with a bunch of nerfs and we're going to run an event using that point set um, and see how it goes. Like, you know, we could do that on like day two of the Sith Taker Open. The only problem is, is that people will still turn up with standard 20 point lists created from Yasby because, you know, that's where you build your lists. Um, and I think, you know, we're kind of... Um, we're almost at the mercy of whether AMG decide to do another points release um, between now um, and March. I mean, 
I'm already definitely going to Worlds, irrespective of whether I win an invite or not. Um, I'm just going to go. And if I'm playing in the current meta, at least I'll know what list to bring to maximize my chances of not doing badly. Um, because I know I will know by then what the list is in the meta that suits me the best. Um, and if they do drop a point change between now and then, then I'll be making little mewling appealing noises to people I know who are good at list building and saying, help me, <laughs> help, help me to find something that might be decent. Um, but I mean, ultimately, there's not a lot we can do about it, is there? No, I know if, I mean, I've got my invite and if money was no option and had the option to go to Worlds, but I know I'd be facing our current meta because nothing had changed. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to go. Yeah. I think I could ha- happily sack it off. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, you, you got to go last year, you know, and I think that's the thing for me is I, I have to try and keep riding the, the positivity wave because I don't want to be miserable going to worlds just because I've paid for it and I don't want to be there. Um, so I'm trying to maintain a positive view um, as much as I can because um, there's nothing worse for me than going to something if if I'm grouchy about it. Um, and genuinely, if I'd ended up going to Adepticon and I didn't want to play X-Wing, I just wouldn't take my stuff and I'd go and play other games and do other things. Um, yeah. You know, and then hang out with the people I've met through X-Wing in the evenings after after the event was finished. Um, not great for content for our listeners when, you know, the podcast goes to Worlds, but nobody plays in Worlds. You know, cool. Um, so I am, I am going to be going and I am going to be playing X-Wing um, unless something really weird happens between now and then. Um, by really weird, I mean, you know, they drop a whole new points like a week before Worlds and go, surprise! <laughs> and we all just go, bah! Um, or, you know, announce that the game's finished and then I'll just be like, no, I don't want to go and be miserable. So I'm just going to go and have fun doing something else. But, like, I don't know if that announcement's coming. We'll see what they say at Adepticon next year. Um, and I find it a bit odd because I think Adepticon this year, gone, was such like a massive ground swelling of positivity around the community, around OP. Everybody got like really up for it. Everybody had like really positive vibes. And it's just kind of tailed off. There's been no, it's just not been sustained. A little bit of a bump during like st- the start of store championship season, but like it's, it's just kind of reverted back to, I, like I don't think AMG know how to maintain energy and enthusiasm and, what I would call froth. Talk excitedly about the stuff. Well, froth. Froth. Oh, it was a. Um, it was from. I used to do live role play, and people used to go to froth meets. And basically, it was because when you went in, all you could hear was LARPers talking about the characters, and it was just like this bubbling froth of just nerd speak in a language that you didn't understand unless you played the games that they played in. Um, so. But it's like it's like unbridled energy and enthusiasm for something that you're passionate about. Um, and you used to get a lot of it. And, you know, we still do. We still get, you know, players coming and being really excited and new players coming and being really excited. Um, but sometimes you just, like, in X-Wing now, it seems like everybody's kind of playing it because they enjoy it, but nobody's got that kind of, that pure energy that we used well, to have a few years ago. Our energy's not being met by AMG, is it? And we kind of need 
to bounce off each other and we've supplied so much energy for them and they've not taken the ball by the horns. They've just let it sit there. Well, I mean, so, like, I'm not going to be devil's advocate and I'm certainly not going to arbitrate, or not arbitrate, um, litigate on behalf of AMG in, in, in the discussion. Um, they are a much smaller studio than FFG were. Um, AMG have about as many people in the whole studio as FFG had working on their organized play team. Um, So they don't have the resource to put what we were used to in FFG into organized play. Um, You know, I suspect there's one, maybe one and a half very overworked people um, trying to, you know, do the most important thing. Um, But, you know, it's, Kind of when there's so much energy and enthusiasm in the community um, to to go and play at big events, that as you said, it's not being met by AMG. Uh, you know, but you know, the the other thing is to mention that before they got handed the Star Wars games, they didn't actually run any competitive OP. They ran, you know, kind of store kit level stuff for Marvel Crisis Protocol, where you got like the equivalent of like these aren't the droids you're looking for, and you know, where you got like a couple of cards and you know a mini scenario, and it was almost to try and get new players involved in playing the game more than actually you know be a, a competitive thing. And the MCP competitive scene sprung up because players started having competitive events um outside of the fact that AMG weren't organizing them they just said let's have a store championship and you know we'll get some prizes made up and you know let's go and do it um so you know it's spun up that way um they don't have experience of doing it they you know and i mean we've talked in the past both on the podcast and and privately about the fact that you know if AMG say we're not going to do tournaments anymore there's nothing going to stop the community from continuing to run tournaments um you know, if they say this is the last Worlds, and I have no idea if they're going to say that or not, so please nobody read anything into that. But if they say, you know, we're not going to have a Worlds in, in 2025, um, we shrug a shoulder, say fine. Um, we can still run an event. You know, it's not going to stop us from playing big events or from putting them on. Um, whether people would be willing to travel for a game that is no longer supported for organized play, I don't know. But, um, you know, will still be able to run them. That's the thing. I I keep thinking about Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl ran for like 15 years after Games Workshop end of lined it because model makers made models. People updated the rules, maintained the game, ran events and tournaments, and the community was basically the same size as it was when Games Workshop dropped it, when they picked it back up again. And we're like, oh, right, we can... We can continue selling this. People like it. Let's do a new edition. You know, it didn't shrink, and it's got a very loyal fan base. Um, Only I think X Wing could go there. I'll just jump in there a sec. Like, and I absolutely get it. Like, I've been playing Blood Bowl for you know that's like my longest running game, and I absolutely do get that. But what we got to remember is that this is also a Star Wars IP. Um, so that would be a bit murkier. Uh, so you wouldn't be able to get your third party because I've thought about it. It's like because you could get your shapeways and your three D printer people to make ships and you know you know bits and bobs, but I think there would be uh, legal issues with IP which you wouldn't have in Blood Bowl because that, one of the reasons Games Workshop mo- tried to move away from games like this is that they can't copyright orcs and they can't copyright elves. Um, mm-hmm. So people can make generic 
uh, Aztec lizards and, um, you know, other random sort of teams that are obviously blatantly lizard men from GW, but are but they're, they're not. Whereas, yeah, I mean, like, don't be wrong, like, mechanically, I love the game and I love Star Wars, and it's just the perfect fit for me for a game. Um, whether or not something could be done from the community and the big scary mouse doesn't get involved with his legal team, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a very good point. There, there's other things like we're kind of off on a massive tangent here. Um, but the the other point to kind of consider is that the LFL license, um, which is currently owned by Asmodee, and they have bestowed it upon um, AMG to make Star Wars games um, will at some point be up for renewal. Um, and if they're not making profit on the games that they're currently selling through the Star Wars license, they might just say, do you know what? We're going to drop that because it's expensive and we're going to let somebody else have the Star Wars miniatures games license. Um, and whether they want to then come and try and buy X-Wing, Shatterpoint, Armada, Legion, Imperial Assault, whatever, off us, um, you know, we don't know, and, and we don't know when that's going to happen or if it's going to happen. And again, um, though, careful what you wish for with stuff like that, because that's where somebody then has to make their money back, and you do that by selling models. And how do yeah. you, how do you sell models? It's much like that they went into second edition X Wing. Everybody had to go out and buy, you know, all the new cardboard and bits and bobs. It's why GW like you know changes base sizes and all this sort of stuff. So. It, Forces people like the, changing the scale of Space Marines, for example. If yeah. everybody to go out and buy Space Marines and stuff like that. So if someone then, if a new company was to put, come in and buy X Wing the game and take it over, they might just say, "Yeah, it's a great game, but we're going to change all the base sizes, change all the maneuver templates, blah 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 blah." Um, you could even change the ship scale and stuff like that. Um, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Like we are, we are, we are completely now in the realms of. Can we buy it? Um, I suspect uh, we, one of us would have to win the lottery, unfortunately. Okay, so we'll set up a Patreon <laughs> and then we'll use that Patreon money to buy lottery tickets <laughs> and then we will buy X-Wing and then I will make Han nine points. So from what I, from what I understand is if you set up a Patreon, you just instantly become an internet millionaire. Um, that's how it works, I think. So, sick. Yeah, that's good. But we don't even need to buy lottery tickets. We just need to set a Patreon up, and then, like, two hundred thousand people will give us a fiver a month each, and before we know it, we'll that, just it be... sounds like we'll probably get more money if we just set Liam up an OnlyFans page or something like that. Yeah, take some pictures of your feet, mate. Um, um, I saw. <laughs> I genuinely saw a really funny thing on. Um, instagram facebook or something one of the reels or shorts or whatever things of uh i think he's a an irish comedian and he sets he set up an only fans he's this big fat hairy bloke right and he set set up an only fans page for a laugh where he basically says "Ah, you're a nice girl you look like you could do with a little hug and and he's made quite a bit of money off it and literally, there's no nudity on his page whatsoever. He takes requests for to say specific things. But basically, his page is he's vaguely nice and positive at people when he talks to them um, via his OnlyFans and, and offers, you know, to make them a nice cup of tea and listen to their problems. I've <laughs> seen some of his stuff, and that guy is amazing. 
Yeah, so he's, he's very he, funny. But, he gets yeah. a few scammers message him on Facebook. So he starts talking to them and is like, oh, this one girl, she works at a saloon, but it's clearly misspelled salon. And he's like, she's like, I need money. He's like, do you want me to buy you some saloon doors? <laughs> is, this a, is this a tangent of our tangent now? It is a tangent of the tangent. So we're going to bring it back into X-Wing. There you go. We've done a bit of navel gazing. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's a game of X-Wing that we all enjoy playing and we hope that it continues. And we would really love it if AMG matched our energy with their energy. Um, And we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, So talking about energy and things that the community are doing. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll talk about the squadrons then instead of going straight to the XTC because the squadrons makes more sense. Mm -hmm. So Tim ran an event... Um, called Sith Taker Squadrons in Borden Brum last weekend. We had 10 teams of three players each with um, special guest star Tim making up the numbers on one of the teams. Um, he didn't do too badly in the end. Um, My back was yeah. off from all that heavy lifting. <laughs> I mean, well, so, the, fu- the funniest thing was that my... So I went 4-0, and out, but my round results didn't matter till the final round. Because the first two rounds, uh, we went 1-2, as Mm -hmm. in one win, two losses, so we lost the rounds anyway. And then the round where they actually, the other players won, we won 3-0. So up up till the start of round four, none of my results had mattered that day so far. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the last round that they won 2-1 that my actual, my win actually mattered. But no, I had a a good day. Um, I, I refused to help them with pairings. I basically cool. said to them that I'm standing in just so they don't have to concede, so just send me someone to play. So Ben was supposed to be on, on the team with Matt and Ollie, but he didn't because he's just moved house, and he's been using that excuse for months now. Um, his, his laptop's apparently in a box today, if anybody's missing the sound of his voice. Um, so uh, you jumped in and pretended to be Ben, but you won all of your games. Um, I, mean, I, I, was, so- I was always going to do that. That's why I was fighting. So team events are always really tricky because like, we had a few people drop out for one reason or another. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to stress them. It's like, you know, you know, because there were a couple of people that maybe dropped out because they couldn't be bothered. And I'm like, but it's not just affecting like, one person if you drop out you're affecting your teammates you're affecting a player each round that's not going to get a game you know you sure mm-hmm. you can't come so we managed to get um like andy cameron um sean and ben from sheffield um they, they sort of they stood in for one of the teams that dropped out last minute and then obviously then i was sort of holding myself back to the real last minute to, to fill a spot because i hate having uh, either gaps, be it players or teams in team events, because it's just mm. yeah, a bit feels bad if you've sort of come along for a four round event and you know you're gonna miss out on the game. Yeah, so it was it was a good day, all in all. Um, I'm just looking down some of the team names, which is always fun. So we had the one eight Sith, which was a an unholy union of Dom Flanagan, Alex Burt, and oh, yeah, our very a- own yeah, Rob I- Gogan. Yeah, Alex Burt and Rob Gogatz actually were last-minute additions. They came in sort of a few days before the event. So, yeah, yeah. No, yeah big shout-out to both of them as well for, um, you know, giving Dom some friends to play with. <laughs> um, we've got many Bothans have died. Um, we've got 
um, the Force Kings, which was your team, which I, I can't help but think they're just trying to make it look a bit sweary because they're young and edgy, or Oliver and Matt. So, well, the first um, thing was that's not how they spelt it. Okay, I may have too many G's. I, I, I added the G to to uh, make it sound a little bit more mature and a less on the nose, a little less on the right. Nose. Fair um, enough. So they, they they were trying to do exactly what I thought they were trying to do. Then yeah, Fair uh, they, they they may have made some custom tokens of baby ro- uh, Yodas that were like wrapped like burritos that might also play along that that theme. Uh, okay, fair enough. But yeah, um, okay. So the event, <laughs> well, the, the event was yeah. one in the end. Let's move along. The event was won in the end by Hooligans Are Us. Um, so a team comprised of Matt Flockhart um, of Sith Takers, uh, Reese Jones and Ash Turner. So, I mean, we we almost guaranteed a Sith Taker was going to be involved in the winning team by pretty much having one in half of the teams um, somewhere. So, uh, yeah, so well done to, to Matt, Reese and Ash. Um, they had a they had a, a scum and villainy list, a re- uh, an imperialist and a republic list. So interesting. Nice to see. Um, nice bit of difference. Well, um, and, and that's the thing with the team event is that you can take perhaps what are seen are weaker factions because there's a pairings process, so you can kind of protect that list maybe from a real bad matchup. But um, yeah. I think there was a real good spread because out of the 30 players, all seven factions were represented. Um, you know. I think yeah, yeah. I thought it was just a real, real good mix. So I think we got the one CIS, uh, four rebels, four FO, four scum, five imps, six republic, and six resistance. So it's a nice sort of spread, and and decent. Like I think this the possibly the thing about like I don't know how you did the pairings, but the the kind of the top end of the table. So you look look at the individual players who went three and one or better. Um, there's a lot of republic. A uh, couple of scum. There's only one rebel though, and only one resistance. Um, so you know, it's it's interesting to see that the when you can think about pairings, or if it's a team event, then you know, a lot of people maybe weren't taking the kind of standard good in inverted commas lists um, because you know it, it it was more casual and it was a team event. Um, so there was one FO as well. Yeah, there was. It was you. Well that done, Liam. But Tim went four and zero. Oh. There was two players went four and zero. Oh. It was Tim and Dom Flanagan. So the Force Kings and the One Eight Sith had a four and zero oh player, uh, and obviously um, neither of them were able to overcome the fact that Hooligans R Us had two three and one players. Um, uh, well, uh, uh, Matt Flockhart went three wins, one draw. And Ash uh-huh. went three wins, one loss. And was that draw the thing that tipped him over the West Mids Techno Union with their two players with three and one? That being you and Toby Liam. I don't understand how it all works. I mean, I suppose though it, it all depends when you win and when you lose. Yeah, because you, yeah, you can, you can, you can win lots, but if if somebody else in your team doesn't win, also maybe you end up losing two rounds, or I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to pour one out for the Kessel Runners. Um, Lovely lads. Um, I, I think I know all of them. Um, and they had two zero and fours and one one and three. So they had a, a dreadful day. I'll tell you what. It's um, quite funny though. Look at my strength for schedule. Is it is it appallingly low? 
0.25. Oh my goodness. So Dom, right, okay. Dom finished on 1.69, uh, and then the two players below me are 1.25, 2.06. Uh, and I, I realised at the end of the event that I was fed two own four players. Uh, I think one one and three player. Um, so I apologise deeply. I mean, you that, just clubbed, uh, clubbed some baby seals, is I what you say. Ab- absolutely not. Like you know, you've got Ed Gold, Marcus Wilson, Adam Freeman. Like you know, they're all good players. Unfortunately, I think they just got on the wrong end of pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just is what it is. I mean, me, me and Marcus had a cracking game. I mean, I think someone looked over at our table and was just like, that looks like an absolute car wreck because he had four HMPs, Dirge, Iron Assembler, yeah. uh, against my five ship Republic. And we were just in a big mush in the middle. And yeah, nope, like, nobody's moving. Nobody's moving. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I had a great game against Marcus as well. Yeah. No, it was it was a really interesting list to play against as well. Like you know, HMPs they look it's a lovely looking model, um, and it's got some really unique rules. You know, with the one eighty, you know, fire and arc with the rerolls for the, the network aim and stuff like that, and and some of the abilities they've got on them. Like I just glanced at his list briefly because I was like, they've all got stuff they do. And I was like, I can't be bothered. So yeah, yeah and stuff, they used to be happen. good. I mean, they I used th- to be good. I think, remember. I think they are still good. Like they're not. They're not like. S tier good, like the you know they they were very good, but I think I think you could take them to events and catch people out because it's the sort of thing that like scum. If you don't play into it regularly, you don't you don't know what some of the tricks do, and when they start like you know side slipping around and you know suddenly drop. I like I, I didn't look closely enough to notice that some had proximity mines on, and stuff like that, you know, and and yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think it was uh, a really interesting list, and like I had four cracking games. Like um, I played um, Ty Harris as well, who I've, I've not played before um, for the Mando's Night Owls. So uh, we had a really good game as well. Cool, good. I got well, sad. Did you? Why is that? Because I made a mistake against Dom round two, and it lost me the game, and ultimately us the round. So I'm taking the fact that we went two and two overall as a, a personal failure because it was our first loss. And if I hadn't have lost, if I hadn't made that one mistake in the last round, and it's all because I forgot that I'd changed my dials, so didn't account for it with a different ship. Um, I lost us the entire tournament, Aww. which I know isn't how it works. Um, I also did all of the dice rolls to see if. I'd divert one, and we would have. Because <laughs> because that's how probability works, yeah. Yeah. So basically, so, I did it because how, how did you do ball... how did you do pairings? By the way, instead of you being sad about random chance, e- each... was was it just like one, two, three, and you just played against no, the no. same number? No, uh, each captain put forward a list in secret, and yep. they revealed those two lists. So each team's revealed a list. You then basically passed your two list to your opponent, uh, and they chose out of your two what their put forward was going to play, and the two lists that weren't chosen played each other. So okay. you you could basically dictate one matchup, and you could either use that to dodge a bad matchup or pick on a particular prey if you wanted to guarantee like a good matchup. Okay. So there was That's that there was, there was that tactics, but equally you didn't really know what was going to get pushed back as well. 
So, yeah. you know, there was, the, you could also then think, well, actually, I don't want to push this list back because I know the two of my other lists can't play it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Adam took the bus for the West Midlands Techno Union by the looks of it because you and Toby both went three and one and he went one and three. So, <laughs> um, okay. Like, talk <laughs> talk about gone. team tournaments. Always because they talk about team tournaments, we can move on to the XTC. But if you want to talk about squadrons for a bit more, you can do. I was going to say, I just had some great games. Uh, my third game against Ian Wardle. He was winning 14-9. It was Salvage. He had uh, Han, Chopper, and then two A-Wings. And that was one of the most difficult games I've had to get through. But I managed to kill the Ghost. And we were drawing. It was like 16-16. And he was like, I'm just going to get out of dodge. Not take any damage. Uh, I had one crate. He had two. I picked one up. I also managed to pink, uh, plink both crates off him in that last round, thanks to Daredevil on Von Reg and a lucky out of hand roll from midnight. Okay, so you you only won that game out of absolute luck, but it's the one that you lost because you made a single mistake and Dom capitalised on it that you're beating yourself up about. Uh, no, I actually played that one quite well. All right, fair enough. So to, to knock the crate off, Han. I had a target lock and mag pulse. Okay. I'm just I'm just winding you up. Don't worry. And it's working rich. <laughs> too easy. It's too easy. Right, let's talk about XTC. Um I don't particularly want to talk about XTC because Ireland lost the first round. So um we lost it in pairings. Um I put forward the wrong first uh list. Um, I had a plan, and the plan didn't cope with me getting a bit stressed because I couldn't open my spreadsheet. Um, and then when it finally did open, I just went, right, I'll put that one forward. And then I realized I'd put forward the wrong thing. And that just basically gave the Colombian captain the uh, the little the little foot in the door that he needed to absolutely batter me. So we got bad pairings. We only lost 3-2 in the end, and a couple of the games were very close. It could easily have been 4-1 to us, or it could have been 4-1 to them. but. Um, yeah, we ended up with uh, a, a bit of a loss week one to Colombia, but um, the lads are all playing well and have put their their absolute heart and soul into it. So hopefully we'll be able to um, come back with a with a win against Scotland, who we play next week. Mm. So how is England getting on, Tim? Uh, all right, yeah, we had a bit of a, a bit of a squeaky. Um round uh so we played brazil um i won my game and i think greg played the same day and drew um so we then had to wait a few days for the others to play and we thought you know we're in a pretty good place here and then i think dom drew that so was like okay then dan lost <laughs> it was like something like we went from a good place to a hmm we really have to win this last round so tom fields and uh came out with uh han not ray and won the final game. So, um, yep, uh, round win. Um, I've already played my game versus Australia this week, and I lost that by three points, I think. Like, we got ten rounds in in an hour and 15 with my Republic list versus four FOAs at Salvage. 
and mm. we only lost a ship each because he played it well. He um, uh, so it's Aaron Aaron Troger, is it? Um, yeah, potato potato hombre. Um, yeah, so he just basically played keep away for most of the game, and I just couldn't roll that lucky crit. Or when I did, he just rolled plenty of evades and just mm-hmm. not able to pop those crates off. But um, so we're one nil down in against Australia. But you know, getting that that round uh, win against Brazil's big because uh, mm-hmm. like three wins should see us progress. So even if we were to have a bad round. Um, you know, I think we're doing okay. We, we're also quite fortunate. So, um, cause we're in one of the five team groups, uh, we've got a bye week and our bye week is next week. Um, so we play two, have a week off and then we play, um, Kalmar Union and Hungary, I think is the last game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think cause two progress from each group, basically you can afford to lose one, um, as long as you beat everybody else, certainly in the five, um, the five player ones. I mean, I suppose yeah. it, the, the same would go for the six player teams, but that might be a bit more flexible. Um, yeah. did, did pirates win or lose? Um, I have no idea. Pirates won their first round. See, I thought they lost. And looking at Challenge, they've got minus eighteen as their points difference, but a win, which, uh, which seems weird. I. Th- thought you lost the last game because Louis lost, didn't he, on stream? Uh, I have no idea. Um, two points, one win. It's showing the same on Longshanks. Um, let's look at the individual games for but, round one. The points difference seems weird, unless that's been put in wrong. I wasn't sure. So I uh, lost mine. So Tom Veal won. Liam lost. That's Liam lost. Um, so what was that? Isophane Liam lost. Isophane won. Um, Char- I mean, the way that these have been put in is just mixed everything up. Louis lost, but Funwalk won. Okay, so that's what two oh. losses. Yeah, so they've got two losses. So Louis and Liam lost, and the other three won. So being Good carried team. hard there, Mister Baker. <clears throat> yeah, it was a rough game. I had a really good record against FO as well with my FO, and it just went south. Yeah. I mean, Pirates Pirates are a very strong team this year. Um, You know, you've got seven very, very strong players. So, um, and team players as well. That's a weird thing they've done with Longshanks. I don't understand why they've done it as a seven-player team event. Just do it as a Uh, five-player team event and and not worry about the subs. Yeah, so that it was so that they could put subs in, but you could have just left it as the normal thing. It's messed up the Ireland one because in Longshanks it looks like we've got a draw because yeah. one of our we, we had one more sub, so we've got a buy. So it looks like it's three all, um, but that, it's not. So that, that's it. Like just if you you put it down as the factions, or if you want to use the player names, just just use the main players, and if they get yeah. subbed out, then don't worry about it. I mean, ugh. so it's done, it's done now. But um, yeah, so we've got obviously the two six player groups. Um or six sixteen groups. So um I think France just won their first game versus South Africa. That was just on yeah. stream. It was very so France won their first week, um and it came down to the last game. Um so they well, they weren't 0 and two and then uh, so Aurelian lost his first game, their their captain, he lost the first game and then uh, his team um clawed it back. So they got their they got their first week win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Canada, France, Pirates, 
South Africa, Czech Republic, Norway, that's a really, really disgustingly strong group, very, very strong top end, and Pirates are going to be trying to upset either Canada or France um, in that in that pairing. Um, Canada reigning champions. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, I'll go to the local bakery and just snap baguettes in half. <laughs> just wash them under a tap, that upsets them more. Um, uh, actually, I'll do that to croissants. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so the U.S. Islands, interesting from Group D. The U.S. Islands won their first uh, their first one. So uh, for anybody who wasn't following the the micro drama that was um, occurring in the run up to XTC, so there was a little bit of low low lowercase p politics going on um, about why is X Y Z person not picked for the XTC team, which happens every year in the countries that have got lots of players, um, you know, questioning the. The integrity of how the captaincy is set and all this kind of stuff. So, um, kind of XTC um, commission people said, "Look, you know, if you can get a territories team together from the United States, so not from the fifty states, but from you know the territories, then we'll, we'll look at it as you know. But we don't want five people from mainland America." just kind of saying, yeah, totally will be USAB. Um, and there was a whole big discussion and it was very complicated. And, and essentially at the end of it, they said um, they were going to try and get the US Virgin Islands um, because there was one player who was a US Virgin Islands person and they were going to try and get some other people. But in the end, um, Judge Maui, so uh, Mike, um, the, was the Hexile judge for a long time, um, basically said, look, I'm from Hawaii. I'll try and put together a team from the islands. And they said, that's fine. Because uh, while Hawaii is a state, you know, if you can put together a team from the US islands, then that's good. So they got some like Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Virgin Islands, people like that. And they've managed to pull a team together. Um, and it's a very strong team. It is a very good team. So um, yeah, the US islands are um, are, are one up, uh, one nil, as are Poland. Uh, so Poland just pulled it out against Spain, very, very close. Um, I mean, Group D is an absolute murder fest because you've got Spain, US Islands, Poland and USA, who you would expect all of them to do well in the event. Um, but only two of them are going to progress from that group um, into the finals. Um, and you can't look past Mexico and Serbia as people with a very couple of very strong players. But we, we've talked about it in the past, a bit of a, weaker middle um so i think the the teams that do well in the xtc are the teams that have got strength top to bottom um you don't need all superstars what you need is a solid team of players who can execute on matchups um given a given scenario um and some countries unfortunately have to kind of make up numbers um I'm not going to talk about any specific things because I don't want to disrespect anybody. Um, but there are some countries that have got a, a, what in cricket you would call a weak tail. Um, so they've got two or three very good players and then two or three less good players. And they're almost trying to play the matchups of just trying to give their good players the wins. You know, we've been in that situation in the past um, in team events as well. So um, anything else jumped out at you from week one and coming into week two? There's um, an upset coming. What? Canada are going to lose week two. Because they're playing the Pirates, right? Yep. Okay. I mean, uh, sorry, did you mention uh, Switzerland beating Netherlands? Uh, no, that's hot off the press, isn't it? That's yep. just happened. 
Yep, just happened this evening. I assume it has like uh, there was some uh, gifts posted in the thing, so I, I would have thought that is uh, transpired. So I mean, New Zealand. Um, I think they um, they lost to Germany, but they've got a decent team as well. So we'll see what happens with there. But yeah, Switzerland taking points of the Netherlands could open the door for someone like New Zealand or the Philippines to progress with Germany there. Yeah, it could open the door for Switzerland to progress as no, well. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and yeah, absolutely nothing against the Swiss. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I am still probably thinking of uh, half-cut uh, Fabi at the <laughs> uh, the Belgium team event. And obviously perhaps the uh, the midweek uh, XTC gaming, he's probably not perhaps uh, drunk quite as much Belgium beer. Or uh, perhaps as high from his uh, dentist's... Um, medication or whatever but possibly but yeah i, I mean, a bit of work to do yeah um we got good well, i think we got good pairings for for this week against scotland um you'll have to see if we can execute on them um and then we've got greece uh who did wales um in week one uh, well we've got a week off after this week and then we've got greece and then we've got uh we've got Columbia. wales at the yeah, end wales, so yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm confident. I don't want to turn this into a smack talking podcast. I'm confident yeah, yeah. that we can beat two of the three remaining teams, and I think that we can beat the third one. And I'm not going to say which is which. Um, Just as long but as it don't depends. screw up the pairings again, then. Is that what you're as saying? long as I don't screw up the pairings. I mean, to be honest, Colombia are a good team with good players, and they've taken solid lists, and they flew them well. So. You know, as much as I did mess up the pairings, there was a lot of different factors. Um, so, like, I, I've had a chat with the team that marking everything as an amber, apart from the one thing you don't want, which you mark as red, doesn't help the captain to get good pairings because basically everybody just gets an amber. And then at the end of it, you just go, oh, well, that's more of a reddish amber. And it's like, well, if it was a reddish amber, you should have marked it reddish amber, not not said, oh, yeah, it's a coin flip. Um, so for round two, we got a, a much better um, kind of set of estimations from the team as well, which is, has helped um, because I can look at big, bright colors on a spreadsheet and be like, I'm trying to get green. Let's go for green. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, that's that's it. So like, um, obviously, the lists have been out for a little while. You know, the, the pair, like the te- you know, you know what teams you're playing. And I've obviously been pushing, like you know, the England team to practice and and you know check the lists, you know, you know, get your pairings in, but also, you know, if there's you know things you're not sure about, you know, let's get some practice in. And maybe one individual was like, "Yeah, that's a positive matchup," so we get him the positive matchup. He then actually practices against and goes, "No, this is a terrible matchup." We're like, "Thank you, thank you very much." You know, yeah. it's uh, makes makes uh, yeah pairings and and trying to sort of plan that team win a lot harder. But uh, thankfully, um, we we pulled it around. So yeah, no, I yeah, think we'll see. Um... I mean, there's the other thing, which is that you know when you've got a player who, when they go to tournaments, you kind of expect to see them in the cut. You know, you expect like when you've got one of those players who you know does really well at Worlds, um, regularly makes cuts at big events. Um, you can kind of look at their pairings and be like, yeah, you know, you've put half of these down as amber and one of them is red and one of them is green, but I'm going to get you an amber matchup and I'll know that you'll probably win it um, because the skill disparity is probably big enough that you know it doesn't matter that you're at a slight list disadvantage. Um, but um, yeah, not not every team's got got one of those people 
Um, but you know, if you if you do get one, then it it really helps with your pairings process. So, um, just makes life a little bit easier. Yeah. Like, cool. Um, so we'll continue talking about XTC as it progresses, um, which is going to now basically until Christmas. Um, so it's uh, there's the, we've just gone into week two. Um, so there's another, if I get this right, four weeks. Yeah, yeah. There's another four weeks of XTC groups, and then there's a bit of a break, and then there's a weekend uh, when. I think it's in December when we play uh, a round robin event of the eight teams that go through to the final stage, um, all play against each other, and at the end of it, hopefully Canada will win again. So we will continue talking about it, as I said. And um, yeah, cool. Um, other stuff. I did allude to it earlier. Um, we have had an announcement from AMG that they aren't going to do any future road mapping about what's coming out for X-Wing until Adepticon, which is in March. Um, so it's going to be five months before we hear anything else about what's coming out for the game, um, which is a little bit sad. Um, I would like to know that you know what's coming out in the future um, a little bit sooner than that, but we are where we are with it. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just a bit Oh, like I just made that noise. I said, like, oh, right, okay. Um, so a lot of people have been getting excited about, um, you know, like squadron packs for different factions and, you know, potential new releases. They talked about the Alpha Class Starwing getting a re release. Um, and, you know, then if you go back and actually look about what they actually said at Adepticon last year, you can see that they never said that they were going to release a starter pack for every faction. What they said was, here are starter packs that new players will be able to get into playing a faction. And it was like, ah, they never said they were. Um, and they've done them for Rebels and uh, Imperials now. So there was a starter faction. So we'll just have to wait and see what they say at Adepticon. I don't want to get done into my dumps again. In the doldrums. Um, I think I might yeah. just get a, get a little notepad and start drawing sketches of new ships and all the pilots they can use, and go use this and, and, and get some new crayons. Do they let you have crayons still? Yes, but I have to get the really, really thick ones because they're too big to choke on. <laughs> Fair I'm enough. Sorry, I'm sure it's just a challenge, but. Um... <laughs> So I thought it was a challenge, but after failing twice, Tim. <laughs> so we've um, we've ordered prizes for the Sith Taker Open. I'll talk about happy stuff now. Um, we sent an email out to a bunch of players. Um, if you're listening and you have a ticket and or you think you've got a ticket and you didn't get an email talking about prize support, then um, let us know um, because um, it might be that you don't have a ticket because there's been a few players who've kind of been in a situation where they assumed they'd got one and they didn't and now they're a bit sad so um yeah i'm a bit like uh can't really do anything to help with that um so like if you think you've got a ticket and you've not been getting emails from us over the last couple of weeks then let's know um we've got some pretty cool prizes coming up um so for anybody who's listening who hasn't seen or read the, the comms about it um we've got um 
the diorama that we've talked about that Ryan Coyle from Eccentric has done us, um, which is really cool. Um, like really cool. Like it's amazing. Um, top two, we're going to get some matte gray template trays with um, logos and stuff on them. Um, so they, they'll look really nice being gray instead of black, a little bit different. Uh, top four are going to get ultimate guard card binders with the event logo on the top, on the front of them. Um, and then we're going to actually do faction trays for best in faction. So last year we did Lego sets, uh, but not best in faction, sorry, best in bracket. So by number of losses. Um, so sadly for the people who like drawing all their games, um, they won't automatically win one of those trays. It comes down to the number of losses that you have, not the number of wins that you have. Um, so people who draw will be down in the bracket with the people with the number of same number of losses as them. Um, yeah, that's basically... Uh, and then a bunch of other stuff, like there's going to be template covers and some tokens and stuff, but nobody really is interested in what the top cut are getting. Um, I've also got, and I'm not even lying, about five kilograms worth of stuff that um, Tim handed me at club last week. Um, is it death sticks? No, no, it's um, it's like literally about 20 sets of um, Inferno Squadron stuff and five sets of templates and things. So we're just like looking at all the prizes that we've already got and we're just trying to figure out what we're going to use them for. So it might be that the day two side event is basically laden with um, official um, AMG swag again. Um, plus, you know, the bounty table is going to be fairly sweet because there'll be a lot of really cool stuff on there. Um, so I, I have next to me in a couple of boxes the um, gently accruing pile of um, loot for the Sith Taker Open this year. Um, and it's only going to get bigger because we've still got to get the delivery back from Koga 2. Um, and we've also got to get the delivery from Enigma Wargaming, who's going to be doing us some ships for Best in Faction as well. Um, so hot oh, off the goodness. press. Hot off the press. They always look really good. Like, they never, ever, ever fail to impress. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, one, I'm very one, excited. One thing that makes me sad, I don't know, it's a really bad thing to be sad about, but I'm sad I've never got to play in a side event. <laughs> oh no, I wish I was worse at this game. <laughs> I, think, I think that's classed as a humble brag, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit of a humble brag. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't play in the side event last year, but that's because I went and helped by being the stream judge, Liam. Uh, I was still playing, to be fair, Tim. Were you? But like, were you, though? Uh, I, th- I thought you crashed out fairly early. No, you were sitting at you were sitting at the table, but were you playing? Uh, on the Saturday, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like everyone, when like I'm there playing a serious top cut game, and then I look over, and everyone's just having so much fun, and I'm there just stressed. <laughs> and everyone's just like, it. I'm jealous. I mean, it's the thing that um, it's the thing that the, the the Sunday is for is for people to actually just enjoy themselves because they've travelled a long way to play games of X Wing. They've not made cut, so you know, just. I mean, last last year was um, we did a team event, and the team event is always like good. Like it wasn't massively competitive, difficult, hard. You know, there was no pairings process or anything like that. It was literally just, you know, no, there's no list restrictions, just bring a list and we'll stick you with a team of people and people realized how much fun team events are um 
I think we're probably going to end up doing a team event again this year, to be honest with you. It just feels like the kind of thing that people really enjoy doing um, and the kind of thing that you can drop in and out of. Um, and we've always got enough um, kind of Sith takers loitering about, kind of saying, oh, yeah, I'll play if 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 somebody's team is one short, I'll play. But otherwise, I'm happy to hang out and just watch and help and, you know, kind of do that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. The other thing is that we've still got like a 30-person wait list. Um, I have had a couple of people say I'm probably not going to come, but they're trying to trade their ticket to a friend who didn't get a ticket before they put it to the wait list. So, um, yeah, if people are messaging me saying, who should I send it to? I'm like, just get a refund. And then it goes to the person at the top of the wait list rather than me trying to play favourites with anybody. Um, right. The wait list is getting longer as well. Yeah, it is, because people keep remembering that they actually enjoy X-Wing. Um and they find out that there's a big event happening and they want to get in on it. So, Can yeah. the side event be no Han? Um, I don't think so. But what we could do is we could make it like extended with ban list so that you can't get all the busted upgrades, but you can fly resistance Han. So you can no, play, we could it. play more Han. I fixed it. We all take a vote a month before and we all ban one pilot from one faction. Yeah, as long as that pilot is Han. I mean, he's going to be Han. <laughs> it might not be. It will be. I find, I find I find Kylo Whisper fairly oppressive. And that'll get banned. And that's <laughs> fine. Right. Um, I think we've run out of stuff to talk about, to be honest with you. No, normally at this point in the year, we're riddled with... Um, We've been going an hour and 20, so... Oh, good. Um, I've run out of time. Um, so, But normally at this time of the year, we're uh, we're riddled with um, uh, releases for new stuff that's going to come out before Christmas, um, you know, so that we all get dead excited about whatever it is that's going to come out for us before Christmas. But um, we haven't had any releases, as, as previously mentioned. So, yeah, I think we're just going to... We're just going to call it quits there for today. Um, and hopefully we'll have something else to talk about next week. Um, I'm so negative today. I don't know what's going on with me. You're going to have to slap me in the face when you see me at the weekend. Oh, we didn't talk about that. We're going to Nottingham. Mm. Me and Tim. Me and Tim are going to Nottingham to fight for an invite. I think I am too. Are you coming as well? Yeah. Are you going to try and stop us from getting it? He owes me a favour. I do, yeah. Good. Um, so I've packed my bag already. I've decided what I'm taking. I'm going to get two or three reps in with it tomorrow night at club, try and get a couple of TTS reps and in with it over the week as well, and then go super try hard and probably go two and two and be sad because that's what happens I'm, when I go super try hard. I've decided I'm taking Han. Have you? Yeah, it's proven points. You're going to become the thing that you hate. You're going to use a ship you've never used before but and then win with it. And just to prove a point, do you know what's going to happen, don't you? Oh, I'm going to go 0-4. And, <laughs> and, pr- and prove the point that you can't win with Han if, you, if you're not good with Han. I know, but Han will win the event, and I'll go, yeah, Han's still busted. <laughs> I will win <laughs> either way. <laughs> you'll either prove a point, or you'll win the event. It's fine. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to going, because I know a bunch of the Sheffield lads are going, um, and I enjoy... Uh, I enjoy spending time with them um, and playing against them. They're all really solid crew. So, um, 
yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And thanks to Mrs. P for giving me the um the permissions. Um, my uh, I'm I'm gonna have the best of mornings because it's the it's the day that clocks go back. Oh, yeah, um, really? Extra? Yeah. Yes. So, so it's the only reason I can attend is because it's the day that clocks go back. Because I normally pick my parents up from Liverpool docks at six a at seven a.m. But I'm picking them up at six a.m., which means that I can get home by seven to drive to Sheffield for nine for when the event starts. And uh, not Sheffield, Nottingham for nine for when the event starts. Which, if it had been the normal, if it hadn't been clock go back, um, I'd have been picking them up an hour later. I wouldn't have been able to make it. So, um, literally, the uh, the clocks going back on that single that single day has meant I can make the event. I am going to be exhausted having woken up at five o'clock. Um, to to get there, but um, I'm going to be playing. So um, clues as to what I'm going to be playing. It's something that goes one forward and takes a focus. Oh, <laughs> so four X and Y then? Uh, no, actually, no. Uh, I've been uh, I've been at list architecting. Uh, no, I haven't. I've been stealing things from people, but um, it's but not four X and Y. Oh no, absolutely, it's just stealing it wholesale from somebody who won an event with it. So. Um, yeah, it is a it is a resistance list, but it's not for X and Y because I don't like Zori. Um, I'll, I like her, but I don't like when she dies and gives up four points on turn two. Does it have a falcon? Nope. Oh, I thought you know I can't. Then. No, you know I can't fly falcons. I tried that Lando list. I kept crashing Lando into things and not shooting with them and stuff. I can't fly falcons. I'm crap with them, so I'm not going to try. I haven't got time to learn. So. I mean, if I'd started learning the first time I said it was crap with Falcons and I didn't have time to learn, I'd have learned them by now, but I'm also lazy. So, um, that speaks call... to me on an emotional level. <laughs> it's, a, it's a call between um, this resistance list um, and, uh, and just taking Arcs and Padme um, because I like Arcs and Padme. Yeah, that's fair. But I like the idea of it. Right, anyway, shout-outs. Um, I'm going to shout-out very quickly. Um purple dragon knight uh, it's juan quinch the um the columbia captain um we had a lovely little chat and then to rory the scotland captain again we had a lovely chat i'm not playing an xdc this year i'm just captaining so like, i don't get to shout at my players but um yeah the other team captains have been really solid um and i'm looking forward to um to my pairings sessions with dylan and with um demetrius as well um who are both lovely fellas so doubtless we'll talk for much longer than it takes us to slap some cards down on a mat so, um, shout-outs from you, Liam. Uh, yeah, I'm going to shout-out Matt, Dom, Ian Wardle, and Marcus uh, for being great opponents on the weekend. And then going to shout-out Hooligans R Us uh, for winning the event. Obviously, they're all local boarding Brum players. And I've played with them since I picked up 2.0, mm-hmm. apart from Matt, who I bumped into later on in life. But yeah, it's great to see him turn to an event and actually uh, grind out a winning result. It's well deserved, well earned, and I'm I'm proud of him. And shout cool. out to Tim for running it. Yeah, big ups, Tim. Yeah. Uh, Tim, have you any shout outs? Yeah, I'll um, I'll shout out Borden Brum for hosting us. Um, little cozy because um, they helped out an AOS event that had been made homeless due to another shop closing, but um, looked after us as always. And uh, yeah, just thanks to everybody that came to the event. It was really good. And um, 
I would also shout out James Cockgrave, who uh, came along, didn't fancy playing, so uh, he was able to be my floor judge at the weekend, and was great just looking after players, like, you know, sort of range checks, arc checks, um, gave out prizes for me whilst I was playing, um, and also ran the timer. So thank you very much, James, uh, for your support. That was uh, super helpful. James is lovely. Got a lot of time for James. Um. I was just reminded when you were talking about giving out prizes, your event in December, Tim? Yep. Hondo's Big Score. Ninth and Hondo's Big Score. 9th of December, I think it is. It's this, no, it's Sunday, isn't it? It'll be the 10th of December. Yeah. So what what it's, bank um, are we hitting? Um, <laughs> the Bank of Tim. Uh, the War Chest will be opened. There's prizes from Worlds to Win and uh, various other bits and bobs. So... Uh, I'll bring my universal key, which you are very familiar with, Tim, after running how many campaigns of D&D with me. Is the universal key Han and Luke? No, it's a great axe. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't always the to, most successful with that, were you? I used to wind up Will so much, though. He was like, I can't get into the chest. I was like, I've got a key. He was like, have you? I was like, yeah. And I was like, Tim, I hit the chest with my great axe. <laughs> And I normally smash the loot that was inside. <laughs> oh, well. That was brilliant. <laughs> so, I um, enjoyed it. Hondo's big score is on the 10th of December. Tickets are reasonably priced at, at a, was it 15, 20, I, th- I think 19, it's 19, something? yeah. Yeah, something I mean, like that. But um, every, every, hit Tim up if you want a ticket. Yeah. Well, mate. I was going to say, everybody's going to walk away with some cool swag because, um, yeah, you'll be you'd like, you know, be it. Plastic or metal cards or acrylic tokens. Um, there'll be some ships to win for just turning up and other bits and bobs. And then, like, I think when we're doing it, top in bracket, we'll get a pair of world's tokens. Uh, one player each round will win a cardboard punch, be it the Phoenix Squadron world's punch or the Jedi for the world's open qualifier. So, yeah, lots of, um, uh, lots of prizes to win. I'll put the link up. And that'll be at Element Games in Stockport, Greater Manchester. Yep, and it's a one-dayer, it so it's going to one. be four, four rounds. Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, I mean, I can't think of anything else that I need to tell you all about, so um, I think I'll just call it quits on that one, and we'll say goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. Goodbye from Liam. Toodles. And goodbye from me. Bye-bye. Oh, I was a negative Nancy today.